Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we will hear from our lead pastor, Dave Carroll, in a message entitled, All About Love, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's join in now. To go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, commonly called the love chapter. Everybody knows that. How many of you had this chapter read at your wedding? Anybody have that read at your wedding? I know I did. You know, we, we had to have it read. Um, well, uh, if you would, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and in uh, honor of Valentine's weekend, we are entitling the message, All About Love. All About Love. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing is, is that when we, when we think about Valentine's Day, uh, by the way, how many of you did something cool for Valentine's Day, anybody? Uh, any, any uh, like, old fogies in the room that just say, hey, I'm staying home, man, I'm staying home, anything like that? Not old age-wise, but just old mentally, you know what I'm saying? Um, well, my wife and I, we decided to do something super creative, and we went out for dinner and a movie uh, and with four boys. It was the first time in one year that that happened, <laughs> okay? So, you know, everybody's like, oh, don't do dinner and a movie. That's boring. We're like, this is like the third time we've done this in a decade. This is nice. Um, yeah, speaking of my wife, uh, my wife Amy and I moved here in June of 2012, to launch a brand new church in the Heights, Elevation Church, the one you're sitting at right now, and you are at the fourth monthly service ever in the history of this church. Can you believe that? Uh, that is a great thing. Yeah, hey, we can praise the Lord for that. Um, as I look around today, uh, it seems like God is starting to fill this place up, doesn't it? And uh, I believe he's doing a work here. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm very blessed to know that we are, Amy and I are not here by ourselves. You know, we had uh, some 20 or 30 folks uh, over last night and this morning, come and, and everything you see here, this school, turn into a church. Uh, they help do this. And so God is at work. And uh, I just want to let you know a little bit about Elevation. Uh, we're excited about uh, weekly services beginning March 17th in just one month. We're almost here. And so uh, praise the Lord for that. Well, when we go to 1 Corinthians 13 and we talk about all about love and it's on Valentine's Week, and the odd thing about it is, even though it's read at weddings a lot and it's widely considered how uh, the, you know, the key passage on how we look about uh, love and our marriage and romantic relationships, really, the, the context of the passage doesn't have a whole heck of a lot to do with uh, romantic love. It's, it's more about foundational love, God's love. Isn't that a better way to love, with God's love? And, and so uh, today, as we, as we go through the passage, uh, it's not going to be a how-to on your marriage or anything like that, because the passage just doesn't say that. And uh, one of the reasons why we pass Bibles out uh, is because we value people cracking open the Bible. There's something powerful about that. In fact, if you don't have a Bible, uh, if you do have a Bible, leave it for someone else some other week. But if you don't have a Bible, just take that Bible home. It's our gift to you for free. Uh, but it's a foundational type of love. And, and here's your first blank. Uh, if you don't know where your blanks are, uh, your blanks are right there on the back of your program. You could follow along. You could write, write in, uh, write any notes you have, things that God's impressing on your heart. Uh, but your first blank is this. There are two places to aim biblical love, the love that we're going to learn about today in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, and the two places are, according to the great commandment in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37, 38, God and others. God and others are the two places that we aim biblical love. Now, this may seem like an academic, yeah, check, I think I know that. But if you notice, what's not included in that statement? Uh, the places to aim biblical love is not a selfish type of love. It's not a what can I get. It's a what can I give type of love. 
And this is difficult for, for those who are younger, and I am talking about age this time. If you're younger in age, it's difficult because um, it seems like the younger we get in American society, um, the less we have to do on our own and, and the more things we have done for us. Uh, you know, I have a younger brother who, uh, my brothers and I, we just go crazy over this. Um, he's 27 and he's still at home and he's never left, not once, not once, you know, and me and my, I'm the oldest of four boys, okay? And, and the top two, like me and Dan, you know, we're looking at him going, what is wrong with that dude? You know, and, and, uh, and, and really nothing's wrong. He's a great guy, but we, you know, we poke at him because we're brothers and that's what brothers do, right? Um, we need, to, we need 1 Corinthians. You could tell I'm preaching this message to myself, right? I have a lot of issues. Okay, so <clears throat> there are two places. But if you're older, uh, tell me this isn't true. It seems like the older I get, um, the more cynical that I become that love actually matters and works. You know, it's like, wow, I think I've invested myself in so many relationships over the years. And it seems like most of them tend to fall apart. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that they would produce this great relationship in my life, and it just didn't happen, right? And so we become a little bit more cynical, and we become a little bit more hard uh, when we look at people as we grow older. Um, but there, the two places we aim this love is at God and others, and it is important to get this in the right order. If you are here today, and you've never considered being in a love relationship with God, where you love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. If you've never done that, chances are you will not be able to take what we're studying today and apply it to the others part of that statement, to the others in your life. You will be stuck wondering what, with, the, you know, with this great tool, wondering how to use it. So make sure you get that in order, that we're loving God fully and then moving on and letting that overflow to love others. Does everybody got that? Do you got it? You know you're allowed to talk back to me in this. In this. Is that okay? Do you got it? Got it. Yeah, okay. One day you don't have to talk back to me, but today just talk back unless it's bad. Then save it for after. Okay? <laughs> so here's the deal. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. <clears throat> we're going to read verses 1 through 8 and verse 13. We're going to skip a few um, just because we're trying to zero in on the love portion of this chapter. And, and so here's what happens. Uh, in verse 31, uh, if you back up to chapter 12, verse 31, it says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. The best gifts, and I'll show you a better way than the best. And here's where uh, verse 1 picks up in chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all goods to feed the poor, give everything I have to feed poor people, and though I give my body to be burned, we'll talk about that, but have not love, what does that say? Let's read it together. It profits me nothing. And here, here's your next blank. Love is more important than anything else you bring to the table. It's the first biblical principle that we have to notice. We can, we can come to this life, we can come to relationships with all kinds of great qualities, but here in the first three verses of 1 Corinthians, Paul was telling this, the people in this church, hey, you can be the holiest person on the planet. 
You can do religious things. You can even do good things. But guess what? If it's not accompanied with love, whatever you're bringing to the table is always going to be the second best option. The second best option. And this is difficult because a lot of us don't, we like to think pretty well of ourselves most of the time. Most of us do anyway, right? Uh, we, stop, we stop and think, we're like, you know, I, I think I can help. You know, I know uh, the band, the musicians. Um, what, didn't the band do a great job today? Uh, they really did. The band is, and, and they're, the, they're the high profile. There's some people doing a phenomenal job in the nursery holding a baby uh, right now. There's, there's a person who was out. Um, not this preview service was a little bit easier, praise the Lord. But, um, you know, Dan and his team out in the parking lot, they, they bring great jackets and get in the parking lot. And you know what? They have a heart to serve you out there. But you know what, what Scripture is saying is, even if you bring these great attitudes and this great skill and everything you have, and you can't love other people, and you can't love God at the highest level all the time, it says <laughs> you're missing the boat. That's tough, isn't it? And, and so I want to give you four ways that we come across to people without love based on the Scripture. Here are four ways. Oh, um, sure, I'll take a water. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm kind of losing my voice just a little. Thanks. I have one. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's look at the scripture for a second and look at these four ways. I gave them to you up on the screen. You can just write the words down and then we'll connect them to the scripture. They are four ways we come across without love. One is distorted. Two is disillusioned. Three, we come across as important. <laughs> and four, sacrificial. Now we'll talk about these very quickly. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men. You know what? Uh, here in the Corinthian church, um, they, they remembered Pentecost back in Acts chapter 2. Do you all remember what happened in Acts chapter 2? Um, the church was birthed that day. Some guy, I, I kind of feel like Peter today uh, because uh, the, the room is very full, and I am really excited. If you haven't uh, heard that from me, man, I'm pumped at God, at God bringing people. It's amazing, you know, you say you're starting a church and people show up, right? Um, <clears throat> well, Peter felt that way too. And um, the church, God, God uh, had the, his Holy Spirit fell on the church and they spoke in tongues that day. But what happened was the uh, Corinthian church severely distorted this, this act of tongues. Um, they started using it uh, and mixing it in with false religions. Um, the, the Corinthian church started taking the gift of tongues and hoisting it up to the highest spiritual level that they could. And so they, they took this, this gift that God had given at Pentecost to get the gospel out so that people could understand, and they distorted it and took it to a place it should have never have gone. And, and Paul outlines that in chapter 14. And, and so when he's saying, though I speak with the tongues of men, um, he was saying, that's just a, it's of men. Uh, if I do that, and I don't have love. In other words, if I take a great gift of God and I distort it and don't have love, I am nothing. A modern-day example of that would be an athlete. Um, when I throw out a couple names to you, um, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know who Alex Rodriguez is, he's an amazing baseball player. I know this is a baseball town, so I use a baseball guy. But uh, if I would have said Alex Rodriguez five years ago, you know, everybody sort of went, well, terrible at his love life, but a good, good baseball player, right? Um, but I say Alex Rodriguez now, and everybody goes, uh, cheater. He had this great talent, right? He's a phenomenal baseball player. He shoots up with PEDs, and all of a sudden he's just distorted a great gift. He's used it for something that doesn't 
even matter. And so um, sometimes when we come across with the giftings that God's given us, with the giftings that God's given us, and we come across um, to people and we distort them. People look at us and they go, I think you're trying to, to love me. You know, have you ever had someone say, I think, I think they love me. <laughs> you know, you're not sure, but there's a distortion in there. Now, distortion's awesome if you're talking about playing in the worship band, but distortion is not good if you're trying to communicate love. Do you get that? And then here's the next thing. He says, um, if I speak with the tongues of men and of, what's the next one? Angels. <coughs> Angels. Um, here's a disillusion statement. There's nowhere in the Bible, just so you know, if you're, if you're trying to think about uh, you know, doctrine or, you know, sometimes you ever have questions about, you know, angels. Do I see them? Do I, do I talk to them? There is no biblical language in the Bible, not, not, or, or, or no story, no instruction, or no language described that says we can talk to angels. So if you, if you uh, do talk to angels, you've either been listening to too much Black Crows, okay, or, or you've been watching too much Lord of the Rings, and you, you know, you're watching people speak to elves or something like that, and you're laying down, you're dreaming it. The Bible does not say that. And so sometimes what we do in this life, the uh, way we come across, we're trying to love people, is we make stuff up about ourselves. Um, we try to, try to act like we, have, we bring more to the table than we really do. Do you know that what, what, what you're, the best things that you're, that you're good at, they have a ceiling to them? Do, do you, have you realized that in life? The things that you are best at, the things that you think you really rock at, they have a ceiling. They really do. Human love hits a ceiling every time. And sometimes we get so disillusioned with ourselves thinking that we can fix other people when really all the while God is saying, love them. Love them. Which brings me to an important question in the middle of these four. Who is it that your love has been distorted and appear disillusioned to in your life? Who is it that you've been trying to love so hard, but maybe it's come out all wrong? You've taken some of your strongest tools and forced them on people, or, or maybe you've made up things about yourselves, uh, you know, trying to, trying to see someone turn or trying to make a relationship right or trying to fix a person whose life is broken. Who is that person? I'm going to give you time to think about that. The next way, if you look at verse 2, this is a pretty cool way that he describes. He says, And though I have the gift of prophecy, which is a phenomenal gift, talking about giving people truth. Anybody like to tell people the truth in the room? Yeah? It's always fun uh, when you get to tell people the truth. But how many of you like being told the truth? <laughs> That's a little bit different. It's like, whoa, 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 hey, let's back off there. Let me tell you the truth about you. Um, but he says, yeah. Uh, he says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And here's the third one. Um, if, we, if we tell people the truth and, and we have great faith in God and, and, and we, we let them know about our relationship with God and we impress this on people around us in our lives, the Bible says that if we don't have love, if we don't attach love to truth-telling, to proclaiming the gospel. If we don't attach love and, 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 we're, and we're harsh and, and we're judgmental, then guess what? He says it's worth nothing, which makes us only come across as important. Loving, important. Loving, important. Loving. Loving. The fourth way is sacrificial. 
Here's the way we come across to people without love. I know many of us in here have made great sacrifices toward people that we love, to people we want to love. Some of us have sacrificed our money. Some of us have sacrificed our time for a cause in the past. And, you've, and, and you know what? We get, we get to the end of that time, we go, oh man, I wonder if that was all worth it. Have you ever invested a great amount of time in something and it just falls apart? You know, right at the very end, you're like, man, the work of my hands, it went nowhere. Well, this is what Paul is saying. If you don't add love, the work of your hands, the sacrifice of your life will add up to nothing if you do not add love to your sacrifice. Check this out in verse 3. It says, and though I bestow all, how how many of his goods? Some of his goods? No, all. That's pretty impressive. I don't know anybody personally that's done that. I've heard about Mother Teresa. I've never met her. But um, usually people that do this, like, get hoisted to, like, a top five status, okay? It says, if I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and you ready for this? And though I give my body to be burned, which uh, we know happened to Christians um, right around Nero, uh, right around the turn of the first century after Jesus came, uh, Nero uh, burned Christians, <clears throat> okay? You could give it all up for your faith, your goods and your life. But if you don't have love, you're only coming across as sacrificial. Interesting, huh? Distorted, disillusioned, right? Sacrificial, important. These are words that come across. And you know, when we're missing love, People look at us and they think of these four words, don't they? They go, well, good guy, good lady, but uh, they have some word, right? Have some word. And, and remember how I said these, these words cause us to hit ceilings without love? Anybody hit your head on a ceiling before? I remember when I was a little boy, uh, my dad got tired of the attic. I remember the day specifically. He looked at me and he said, I have to run a line through the attic. And guess what? Last time was the last time I ever had to go through the attic. And I looked, he said, you are now nine, and you are in the attic now. Well, I remember crawling up in the attic, and I, after about three trusses on my head, okay, I went, well, that's why my dad doesn't want to do this job anymore. He keeps hitting his head on the ceiling. You know, he keeps it. And so uh, a lot of times when we hit a ceiling in our relationships, when we hit a ceiling on this thing called love, and we can't quite grab a hold of it, um, we get hurt, and you know what we do? Much like my dad, we, we, make, we say, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to let someone else do it. Someone else needs to love this person in my life. Someone else needs to love my wife. Someone else needs to love my son or my daughter. Someone else needs to love my coworker. Someone else needs to love my boss. Not me, because we hit our head, boom, boom, boom. We've been trying all these methods without love, and it's got us nowhere, so we give up. But here's the thing. Occasionally, we get a false sense of security Because sometimes we actually break through the ceiling just a little bit. But here's the deal. When you break through a ceiling, you have to crawl on the ceiling. And what normally happens to people who crawl on ceilings? They fall through. I remember plumbing with my dad one day. We were hanging a pipe on a ceiling. And all of a sudden, we (laughs) we were looking. We're putting up this house. And this leg comes right through the ceiling, right? This leg just goes boom. And, And my buddy and I were in ladders. We go, oh, no. <laughs> and it was like five, four, three. We didn't even get to one. Whoom! The guy fell right through the ceiling, eight feet down on the ground, and he was trying to do something up there, and I don't know what, and we're just laughing. We're like, you don't crawl on ceilings. And so uh, a lot of times we get just enough self-confidence from using one of these four ways um, to, to try to operate that we get walking on a ceiling, and then we wonder, why the relationships around us crumble. We wonder why we've been uh, hurt by a church in the past, or we wonder why, um, you know what, uh, we're on our fourth marriage, or we wonder why um, life didn't turn out 
like we hoped with our family. Um, We wonder why it's many times, not always, but many times it could be that we've been walking on the ceilings of disillusion, distortion, being important, or being only sacrificial, and not taking it all the way to love. You get me? So um, when we add love to these things, here's the good news. When we add love to these things, you could be distorted and disillusioned. Are you ready for this? You could be distorted and disillusioned and add godly, biblical love to how you are, how you are approaching the people around you. And guess what? You can still make a dent in their life only because you added what? Love. But if you're important, if you're doing the things that are important and you're being sacrificial and you add love to those things, those two items, if you add love to those, you see the amazing power of the Holy Spirit. You see the God of the universe come and take the ceiling that you have in your life and in, in your world and your ability to love lost people and your ability to love the person who's hurt you, the person who's wronged you in business, all these kind of foundational love principles. If you add love to the important and the sacrificial things in life, the power of God sweeps in and he can do something with your world that you could never do. You could never do it. Why? Because it's not us doing it, it is God. And we learn to love God, and with that confidence, we learn to take that same love that God gives us and apply it to others, and we trust him with the results, with the action of love. Now, I was very tempted at the beginning to give you some cool definition of love. But you know what? I was like, why do I need to give you a definition? I'd look pretty dumb if we're looking at the best definition of love ever, and I have to like somehow con- make it concise. Yeah, right. I think God did okay on 1 Corinthians 13, don't you? Let's look at what love is and what love isn't. Um, it's, usually it's pretty easy to determine what something is and what something isn't. Uh, when you know it, you see it. Kind of like when I first showed up, um, everybody knew I, the first words were, you're not from around here. Why? Because you talk like you're from the South, hmm. which is funny because I'm from Miami. I thought I would have had a, a Spanish accent or something. But uh, yeah, so you know, people knew as soon as I came, they're like, whoa, this guy, I don't know where he's from. They think Alabama, but they're totally wrong. I'm Miami. Go Canes, by the way. Number three in the nation in college hoops. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, <laughs> but with love, um, it's very similar. You know when you're being loved, don't you? You just know it. It's one of those things, you don't need a definition on it. You, you, don't, you don't need some great, you know, result from it. You know when you're being loved, and you know when you are truly, in your heart of hearts, being loving. And so here's what Scripture says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. I'm going to take you through the, the positive statements uh, in verse 4 through 8 of what love is, <clears throat> and then we'll look at the negative statements about what it is not. So here's what 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 say about love. Love suffers long. Love is kind. Skip down to verse 5 at the very end. Love thinks no evil. Love um, rejoices in the truth in verse 6. Verse 7 is all positives. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And verse 8, this is the most powerful statement there is. You ready for this? Love never, never fails. Here are three things that I've kind of shrunk down for you to think about that love is. Number one, love is more than seasonal. That's what it says. It endures all things, doesn't it? Love doesn't stop. Love isn't, love isn't like a, a, a jacket 
where it get, it's cold and you can use it and then it, gets, it warms up, you have to take it off. No, love is one of these things. It's not seasonal. It endures. It, it, it spans the test of time. It spans the seasons of your life. It spans the different actions of the people around you. That's love. Love, here's the big one. Love is the difference in your thoughts and attitudes. Love is the difference. That's what God's word is saying. It's the thing that changes your sour attitude, that makes you, that, that, you know, when you grab onto bitterness, it's the key that unlocks bitterness in your life. It is the key that sets you free from sin that you've committed that you just can't lo- go from guilt. That's what love is. It's the difference. Love is, verse 8, unfailing. We can't get this in our unfailing world, can we? Because we have literally never seen with our own two eyes anything unfailing. Every, literally, everyone and everything around us in this world has failed us at some level. And, and, and we stop and we go, is there anything unfailing in this life? Anything? And God says in 1 Corinthians 13, love is unfailing. Grab on to God's love. Why is it unfailing? Because unfailing love... You ready for this? You can write this down and take it home. Unfailing home is not, uh, love is not about the results. It is about the continuous action of the giver. That is why love is unfailing. That is why he can write that in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. It is not results-based. It is the action of the person giving the love, continuing on and enduring, that makes it unfailing. Isn't that true with God and his relationship toward us? Hasn't he been unfailing toward you? toward me? Yes. And then here's what love isn't. Love isn't, um, here's what it says in verse four. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Uh, As to say, love is not constant friction. Okay. These are the sandpaper things. Envy, (laughs) um, pride, being puffed up. Verse five, love does not behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It, It isn't provoked, right? Love, in other words, it doesn't seek its own. It's not entitlement. Love is not entitlement. Love is not, I deserve something from someone. I deserve something. I'm a good person. I bring a lot to the table. That's not love. And then here's the third thing, and this is a big one, and this is where we're going to turn the table, and I I just want you to know, get ready to open your heart to God's love today and understand what he's done for you and and to to spur you on in your faith. Is that why you came today, To, to be spurred on in your faith? We're open your heart now to what God wants to say because I believe he has something powerful. And I, and I love this. In verse 6, it says, Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love does not rejoice in sin. In, in, in other words, love is not okay with falsehood. Biblical love doesn't mean you have to be soft in your opinion. It doesn't mean that you can't be real, that you can't speak the truth. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. If my kids make a, a bad decision, love is not turning a blind eye and saying, if they make good enough grades, well, the, you know, that's good enough, and I'll just deal with the rest. That's not love. That's not biblical love. Love is, love is not, you know, sex outside of marriage and, and, and being okay with that. Love is taking it and pointing it the right direction and saying, you know, we're going to be one man and one woman married in, in the sight of God, and we're going to make this thing right because we want the kind of love that's unfailing. Love is not okay with falsehood, and we know this because God did something amazing. God was not happy with the falsehood in this world called sin. And because of that, his love had to do something about it on the cross. Romans 5.8 says this, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. 
that while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, warring against God, while we were unaware, unresponsive to his love, he still died for us. You see, God's love was demonstrated when he sent his only son to die for us. Even though when we look around this world, people are unaware, living their life, just going through the motions, not realizing what he has done for them. Today, maybe this is the first time you've ever been made aware of God's love for you. Maybe this is the first time where you've really recognized, wow, his son died on a cross, spread eagle on the downtown garbage heap so that we could be forgiven of sin. So that we could be made whole and be made right. And that act of love has covered us, the Bible says, if we will accept it by grace through faith. Maybe today you need to place your faith in Jesus for the first time recognizing that he paid the ultimate price. Romans 5.8, I'll say it again. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ, what? Died for us. And the response to that love is to give our life back. There's one more blank for a challenge for the rest of us who maybe haven't come to a relationship with Christ It's the application blank, but here's the thing. I can't give you the sentence for that. You have to write in sometime this week. Maybe you don't write it in. Maybe you think about it. But I want to ask you this question. Is there a person or an area of your life that you have shielded from the love of God, that you have started to base your love off of results and not off of being the action giver? Wherever that area is, write it down. Whoever that person is, write it down this week and pray and ask God for you to love that person the way Christ loved you when he died for you. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church at elevationbillings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.